Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Three, two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer. Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Welcome Here. in, everybody. So four oh two the podcast, Pacific America, the Air Tour Sports Podcast. It is Monday, June twenty first, two thousand twenty one. People, the longest day of the year. That's right. We have so much sunlight, and I'll be honest. This feels like a very long day, crazy day for the Aaron Torres podcast. So I'll tell you this, people. Sometimes the podcast gods are on your side, and let me explain why. Sunday, I normally tape Monday's show at night, and unfortunately, I couldn't tape on Sunday because I had some Fox Sports Radio responsibilities, so I was going to wake up on Monday, do the show, talk some stuff, uh, maybe a little bit even on the NBA playoffs, which were awesome this weekend, but then, right as I got set to record, this crazy NCAA case from the Supreme Court falls out of the skies, and this is a mega story that needs to be addressed. This entire episode will pertain to this Supreme Court ruling against the NCAA that came down Monday. Here is how this episode is going to lay out, and I'll try to be very simple. One, I will try to explain over the next five or ten minutes the most basic, simple version of what you need to know about what happened today, what it means for the present and future of college sports, what it means for name image likeness, what it means for potentially down the road athletes becoming actual employees of the school or de facto employees, what it means for the future of the NCAA, and then what I am going to do is throw it over to somebody much smarter than me to explain all the intricate details. Dan Lust is a sports law expert. He is a practicing lawyer. He has his law degree. He is way smarter than me, and he is going to break down all of the intricacies of this, everything you need to know, what it all means, and I'll be honest, a lot of what I'm going to tell you here off the top comes from that conversation with Dan Lust. So I'm going to spend about five, ten minutes just explaining to you essentially what is going on, what it means, and then we are going to bring in the heavy hitters, the smartest people, Dan Lust, of course, if you are on Twitter, at Sports Law Lust, he is incredible, a very smart legal mind, and he was so gracious to give me about 25 minutes, 28 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it was, to explain everything that happened on Monday. But let me start, let me explain what you need to know, why it is so important, because this is actually 
an earth-shattering day. And it's so crazy because right now there are so many different things going on in college sports that it's kind of hard to kind of keep them all together and, 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 and what means this relative to that. And so obviously, look, we, we've had this name, image, likeness conversation coming down the road here for years now. It is set to take place on July 1st in which name, image, likeness will now be legal and I believe it's 19 states. But what Monday's ruling really didn't have anything to do with name, image, likeness. So essentially Monday's ruling is this is that uh, over the years, uh, athletes have been suing the NCAA for all sorts of things. And about four or five years ago, there's a former West Virginia player, football player named Sean Alston who actually sued the NCAA under antitrust rules, basically that they were breaking the antitrust laws in this country, which basically uh, antitrust laws, I don't even know how to explain it because I'm not that smart, but essentially what antitrust laws are are laws that keep businesses from basically screwing over employees, people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, to th- you know, antitrust laws are put in place to kind of keep a balanced level, fair playing field across industry and commerce in this country. And so this guy, Sean Alston, about four or five years ago, sued the NCAA. Uh, on a lower level, the NCAA lost. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. And as, as you listen to Dan Lust later, he'll explain it even better than I, I can right now. But essentially what Dan tells us is that everyone was under the assumption that once this case got to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court was going to side with the NCAA, not say that what the NCAA does is completely right, but at the end of the day, the, the structure needs to stay in place for the good of all of college athletics. That's what everyone assumed was going to happen, and instead, on Monday, the exact opposite happened. The Supreme Court smacked the NCAA in the face and said very simply, the way you're doing business breaks antitrust laws and antitrust rules in this country and things have to change now it is worth noting Brett Kavanaugh he is of course famous for many other reasons but he was one of the voices that came out on Monday afternoon Monday morning this does not mean that the NCAA has to pay athletes what it means is that anything that has anything to do with educational expenses and educational opportunities cannot be capped by the NCAA which means that it cannot be capped by the schools themselves as things currently were if you remember I've talked about it before athletes are allowed to get a certain little amount of money called cost of attendance from the school that is capped at six thousand dollars a year by the NCAA and the Supreme Court basically said that's nonsense you're making you know these schools are going to be making 30 40 50 million dollars just from TV revenue forget sponsorships forget donations forget whatever and basically you can't cap it at six thousand dollars And so that is essentially what the rule went into place today. What the Supreme Court said today is it didn't come out and say we have to pay college athletes. It didn't come out and say name, image, likeness is universal across the board. All it said was that anything related to an educational expense cannot be capped by the NCA. So why is that important? Let's start with the name, image, likeness stuff, because name, image, likeness, I think, is is a very simple concept. I have discussed it at length, really, for about two years on this show now, but if not two years, it has certainly picked up steam within the last six or seven weeks, because come July 1st, there are certain states that are going to allow 
athletes, college athletes, to benefit off of their name, image, likeness. Why is that important? A couple things. First of all, not every state has passed a law to allow it. It started in California, Gavin Newsom, whatever you think of him. He was the first one to put it in place. And a bunch of other states kind of followed suit. A bunch of other states kind of have laws in the process of being passed, but they're not necessarily there yet. And so come July 1st, the first group of states, and when I say July 1st, I mean like 10 days from now. Come July 1st, the first group of states is going to allow name image likeness. And this is a monumental topic in college sports because there are certain states that come July 1st are going to allow athletes to, to again, capitalize on their name image likeness. State like Alabama, a state like Arkansas, a state like Florida, a state like California. But there are going to be other states that do not allow it because it has not been passed by law in their state. And so there are a lot of college sports fans that are kind of freaking out right now, like, oh my goodness, come July 1st, we are going to be at this major competitive disadvantage, and we got to do something. And so what I will say is, I don't really want to say in defense of the NCAA, but really over the last couple weeks, the NCAA has gone to the governing bodies you know, of the United States and basically said, like, look, we need your help. We need a federal across-the-board policy because, one, certain states don't even have laws in place, and certain states do, but then also, we can't have 50 different states with 50 different rules where Alabama can pay uh, you know, a college athlete an unlimited amount of money, but the state of Georgia is capping it at $50,000 a year. Now, that's not happening, but that's a hypothetical. The NCAA actually went to Congress and went to all of these different governing bodies saying, we need help. So, why, so that doesn't directly have to do with... Um, uh, Monday's ruling, but it kind of sort of does, and let me explain why. The reason it does is because we thought that come July 1st, it was just going to be the wild, wild west. There were going to be certain states where there were where there was no limitations. Athletes could get whatever they want. There were some states where you, you couldn't give an athlete even a dime or it would be in violation of NCAA rules, but what I believe happened on Monday, and Dan Lust is going to explain it better than I ever could here in a minute, is essentially, I think the NCAA now is just going to completely back off name image likeness and the reason being is because of this very simple if the NCA tries to go to a state that does not have name image likeness law okay so let's just take two states that that one that does one that doesn't come July 1st Alabama there will be no restrictions or whatever name image likeness will be allowed in the state of Alabama as of right now Name image likeness is going to be restricted in the state of Kentucky, where Kentucky athletes, if they were to take something, would be in violation of NCAA rules. That is currently, that's a fact. That is indisputable. Alabama's rule goes in, into effect July 1st. Kentucky doesn't really have a rule yet on the books. And so everyone in Kentucky is freaking out. What does this mean? Can we pay athletes? Can we not? Da 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 da, this and that. What I believe Monday's ruling essentially did was it truly made name image likeness the wild, wild west. It truly made it the NCA, it made it to a position where the NCA is not going to step in, where the NCA is not going to stop an individual state, an individual school, an individual conference if they want to put in their own name image likeness rules. Why is that? It is because if they do, it is in direct violation of what the Supreme Court said today on Monday. And if they do do that, and I know I just said do do, and it's funny, ha ha ha, LOL. But if they do step in the way, you know what's going to happen? 
They're going to be subject to even more lawsuits for breaking the Supreme Court ruling that came down on Monday. And so while the NCA put out a fancy terminology and a fancy statement about, you know, the, 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 we support the Supreme Court ruling and it, it leaves a lot of gray area. I believe, based on my conversation with Dan Lust, based on my, my viewing and listening of other really smart law people, that come July 1st, it's just going to be hands off. There will be no rules. There will be no limitations in any state, whether there is a law on the books or not. I could be wrong, by the way. Mark Emmett could come out tomorrow and say, look, if the law is not on the books, we're not allowing you to, uh, to, to, ca- to have athletes capitalize on name, image, likeness. But I believe that they will be hands off on this topic because, again, they will be subject to more lawsuits, which, again, complete wild, wild west. But blame the NCAA because they knew this was coming down the pike really for about five, six, seven years now since the Ed O'Bannon ruling, which I'll get into with Dan Lust momentarily. And they basically decided to do nothing until about two weeks ago. So that is the name, image, likeness element of this is I believe that the NCAA basically is they're not going to do anything because they know that they're subject to more lawsuits. Now, as it pertains to the bigger issue, and this is, again, something I will talk about with Dan Lust momentarily, is we could be in a position where not too long from now, college athletes really are essentially employees and basically the NCA as we know it ceases to exist, okay? So what I can essentially tell you is I do believe that a lot of the things that the NCA has done in the past, investigating rules violations, uh, uh, investigating extra benefits, things like that, I think that's basically a thing of the past. What I would also say is we could be headed for a world in the not too distant future where student athletes are basically employees of the school. Dan and I will get into it more momentarily, but that can of worms, that Pandora's box was opened on Monday by the Supreme Court. Now, Brett Kavanaugh went so far as to say this does not mean that we are going to pay athletes as though they're students, but it doesn't completely close the door either in the sense that going forward, there may be a scenario not too far down the road where athletes do get paid as employees, do get benefits, do get 401k. It's impossible to know right now, but what I am just telling you is that this ruling completely changed college athletics as we know it. So with that said, I don't want to waste any more time. I do want to get to Dan Lust, uh, sports law attorney. He is, of course, from uh, Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sports Law Lust. I hope the last 10 minutes made sense because... I am trying to contextualize this for everybody like everybody else is. I'm trying to make sense of this. It is not easy. But with that said, let's bring in somebody who's way smarter than me, can articulate this way better. That is Dan Lust, sports attorney, and he does host his own sports law podcast, if you're interested in it, called Conduct Detrimental. Here is Dan Lust. All right, joining me via Zoom, um, had this guy on about a year ago, maybe the smartest person I've ever had on this show. He he certainly sounds like the smartest person when he speaks. Uh, Dan Lust, he is an attorney, sports law insider. He's a host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast. So Dan, I had you on about a year ago when we never knew if sports were ever going to come back. And you kind of talked me off the ledge. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll eventually be able to get back into arenas. So I want to have you on to talk about the NCAA stuff, everything that happened on Monday and really over the last four or five years. But first of all, how you doing, my man? How are you? I'm good. A lot has changed in this last year. First of all, sports came back. So uh, yes. I think I was right that, that the world would uh, not end. And Nailed that one. 
nailed, nailed it. Great. It was really, uh, I think that was like minus a thousand, but you know what? But I was on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, all is good. And, uh, you know, I speak to you a decent amount on uh, our social forums and your Fox Sports show. So I feel like uh, I feel like it hasn't been too long. It has not been too long. All right. So straight up, let's just jump into it. Uh, the Supreme Court, the NCA has been trying to figure out a number of different variables and things and all that stuff. Obviously, name image likeness has been kind of a topic that's been ever present for about a year, year and a half now. Tell a, Supreme Court comes down today and they basically say, my understanding is something about NCA is not allowed to limit. I believe it's something about educate. What, what did Monday's ruling mean? Just for the dumb people like me, what did Monday's ruling mean? Okay, so I, I think the easiest way to explain it, and Aaron, give yourself some credit. You're not dumb, my friend. You have some great sports betting picks. You put the hoodie on. You're like hoodie mellow, hoodie AT. That's a lot. Thing, yeah. Hoodie Mellow inspired me, but yes. It's it's definitely a thing. So um, I guess let, let's explain it this way. It's, it is it is a very big thing. And why is it big? Because the Supreme Court does not touch college sports. And the last time they touched it was in 1984 in a case called NCA versus Board of Regents. That case, which maybe not that many people have heard of, but Aaron, you, you know as well as I do, college sports have exploded in the last 40 years. Television contracts have gone from millions to billions. And why was that? Because of that decision, NCA versus Board of Regents, basically the, you know, when our parents grew up, there was one national spotlight college football game, and that was really it. And there was one game a week, people watched it, people didn't watch it, but there was one game. That decision allowed uh, schools and conferences to have the Big Ten Network, the ACC Network, the Pac-12 Network, and that expanded the horizons of, of college sports and, you know, as, as we know it, became a billion dollar industry. So... That was the last time the Supreme Court felt it was important enough to, to touch base on. They didn't intervene with this uh, Ed O'Bannon lawsuit when uh, the you know video games were canceled. They didn't think that was important enough to save video games or whatnot. But you know what they think was very important? They thought it was very important to intervene on whether or not athletes should get paid on this kind of conversation. So, you know, is this a, a decision that says athletes should get paid, yes or no? Not really. Um, that's, I think, the big takeaway. This is not, you know, tomorrow athletes can't, you know, command a, know, the highest salary or, you know, and go to the highest bidder on the, you know, the transfer portal market. That's not a thing. Um, but it did chip away at the NCA's level of restraint over athletes. So these are called non-education related cash benefits, right? Um, it's not, it's not cash, it's non-education related. So could, could you go be a, you know, an extern and go work at Goldman Sachs for uh, somebody that's an alum of the school? Sure. Uh, that's, that's what this is gearing at. Just saying that the NCA for, forever has put these restraints on NCA athletes and it resembles what you should be able to exert control over, over a type of employee. But the NCA and you know, the Supreme Court has basically said, listen, you're treating these people like employees uh, only in the sense that you can control them. Um, but that's not really what we have here. So these restraints, we're gonna knock them out. And what we're gonna say is the NCA, you can't exert that level of control uh, over your athletes. And there's some more fun stuff, but that's the big thing, right? This isn't athletes getting paid today, but it's another level of freedom for athletes, which they haven't seen before this. Well, and, and that was something that jumped out to me is in uh, Judge Kavanaugh's uh, explanation, he said, the conversation about paying athletes is an important one, but that's not what today's ruling is about. So what does change? I mean, if I'm running Alabama athletics, if I'm running Kentucky athletics, UNC, UCLA, USC, whatever, does something change today going forward? I mean... The short answer is not today. Today, today is not, well, let's say this, we'll put on a one to 10 scale. How important was this decision, the conversation of paying college athletes? 
probably somewhere around a, we'll say a six, six and a half. It's important, right? And why is it important? Because the NCAA didn't win. How about that? The NCAA would have won this. This is a sign that, hey, if the NCAA challenged this thing to a higher court, that maybe there could be, a, you know, an NCAA win. So I guess going back, and I don't want to give everyone such a, a long history lesson, because I, I know I hated history in school. Sports <laughs> history is a little bit, we do have to pay attention to that. But there was a portion of that college television, uh, you know, these, this television rights case, Board of Regents back in the 80s, which basically said, hey, the NCAA is going to lose here, you know, because this is an unfair restraint. But this, this Judge Stevens back in the 80s said, there will be times where the NCAA can have a restraint uh, and that we will allow this. So there's a fun term in the law that people talk about in all types of sports contexts called antitrust. If you have an antitrust exemption, it's basically your get out of jail free card. You can do really, you know, whatever you want, right? Major League Baseball has an antitrust exemption and they can get away with paying their athletes or, you know, not really paying minor league baseball players, doing all sorts of things. Even, you know, the Major League Baseball draft uh, is technically a violation of antitrust law. Um, you know, Aaron, when you, uh, when you graduated college, there was no draft that Fox Sports drafted you and you had to go to Fox Sports. You got to make that decision on your own. Um, but yeah, this NCA has been able to get away with a lot and you know, get away with proverbial murder because people have said, hey, if this ever gets to the Supreme Court, they're gonna have the NCA's back. So it's not even worth challenging this. Um, there are certain circuits in our country, the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals that have found in favor of the NCAA uh, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, where this uh, this case kind of started in California, had decided against the NCA. So Supreme Court doesn't usually take cases unless different parts of the country disagree with one another. So that's why they took this. So this is a big sign of approval from the highest uh, court in all of the land to say, hey, you know when uh, some people thought we were going to side with the NCA? No, no, no. We are against the NCA, and this is the quote from Kavanaugh that social media is, is kind of blowing up with, that the NCA is not above the law. So that's your big takeaway here, that the, uh, you know, we, we know, uh, Aaron, that the legislative system is pretty much against the NCA on the state and federal level. And now we know that the judicial system is not in favor of the NCA. So it, it's big in that sense. We'll see what comes of it, right? If athletes can get, um, you know, uh, employee benefits and, and that crazy wormhole that we might head down. But as of today, not really much has changed. Okay. So the, I want to get back to the employee benefits, all that stuff in a minute, but name image likeness has of course been an effervescent topic. Does this have anything to do with name image likeness or not really, or sort of go ahead. Can we curse on your podcast, Aaron? What's that? Oh yeah. Say whatever the Wait, F you I? want. I'll, I'll try to be, well, I'll try to be the professional, but you, you, you drop as many, you're a New Yorker. You all you do is drop F bombs. So go ahead. That's, that's all we do. That's all we do. Well, Aaron, the, the biggest sign of endorsement that I could curse was you saying say, you can say whatever the F you want. So you know what? I'm going to take a page out of your book. I'm going to keep it to just the F, right? Uh, essentially what the NCA is being told here is, right, uh, we'll say how about this. It's to S or get off the pot. Aaron, do you follow okay. my logic with that? I do, yes. S or get yes. off the pot. J July 1st is the first time in our country, and I'm sure you've covered it on the show. Of course. Where athletes paid uh, for getting some type of endorsements. Now, we had a Senate hearing uh, on June 10th. The Senate had Mark Emmert. They put him on the hot seat and they were trying to explain, you know, why the NCAA doesn't have their, their, their S together. How about that for a curse over say there? Say shit. Say uh, shit. They, say shit. It's okay. Shit. Just, they didn't have their shit to together. Break. They haven't had their you shit together. To Mark Emmert is a dumb, you know what? I will not go that far, but go, if you want to go ahead. But anyway, they do not have their shit together. They have not right. had their shit together. Mark Emmert, this is not a four letter word, but he's completely incompetent. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the, the long and short 
is that the NCA hadn't figured this stuff out. So they got, you know, lambasted at the Senate on June 10th, lambasted again on June 17th. So what does this really do? Why does this force maybe uh, the Senate's hand or, or really Congress's hand? Um, you have the judicial branch, the highest court in the land saying, hey, we're against the NCA. State legislature have already said we're against the NCA. So the only other domino that hasn't really fallen here is the federal, is the federal bill that could come down and just basically clean this all up. You know, um, people are trying to figure out what these state specific NIL laws stand for. And people have called me from different states trying to see if I can analyze what their specific law is. And it's really difficult, right? I practice law in New York. I don't practice law in Texas. I don't practice law in Florida and New Mexico, you know, where these laws are getting passed, Oklahoma. If there is a one clean rule, right? It's the same thing. Aaron, I know you know the answer to this. What's the federal drinking age? Do you know that? I mean, 21 or is it 18? There we go. It's a clean rule. The federal government has said that the drinking age will be 21 across the country. That means when you go to a different state, right? You know what the law is. It's always going to be 21. Um, sure. The federal government here weighing in would clean up, right? It would clean up this, this NIL space. It would tell athletes what they could do. Because right now we have this weird world where the school might have rules, the NCA might have rules, the conference might have rules. And like, I don't know which, if you're an NCA athlete, who you should be listening to, you know, and, and maybe you're only going to be uh, blessed with the lawyers of your particular state. And you're not going to have a, an expert that knows, like right now, all the NCA rules for, for purposes of compliance. Right now, we're really entering the wild, wild west with four different sets of rules floating out there. If the federal government comes in, they clean all this up. And more importantly, for the sports fans out there, it prevents those NIL schools, those 15, 16 schools from getting a recruiting edge. Because right now, if you're deciding between, right, you know, Kentucky, or you're deciding between Tennessee versus a Florida, you know, or, or maybe even a Texas, those states can allow you to get paid as of July 1st. So I don't know if, if, I'm, if it's me and I'm a five-star athlete, I'm definitely trying to go to the NIL school. So that uh, federal law, the creation of a federal law, levels the playing field in every sense of the word. So two things. One, Monday's ruling had nothing to do with that. But then two, do you have any sense yet if the federal government is going to get involved? Because I do hear from fans in this state, in that state, hey, our state isn't lined up on July 1st to have name image likeness laws in place. Um, so so what do you think? So Monday's ruling has nothing to do with NIL, but then two, do you believe that the federal government will get involved and kind of put universal across the board rules in? Or again, is it going to fall to the conference, the school, the state, whatever? I, I mean, it, in, in theory, like on paper, it does have nothing to do with, with you know, name, image, and likeness. It's very different. Name, image, and likeness is on a legislative level. But if anything, it's just a signal that, hey, you know, there's very few things in our country, Aaron, that are bipartisan issues where the left and the right both agree athletes should get paid. So, you know, if you're viewing the, the uh, you know, the frame of our government, we have the legislative that's saying we should pay athletes. And now you have the judicial branch that's saying we should pay athletes. So if anything, it's going to maybe empower, um, you know, members of Congress to put this at the top of the totem pole. The next time we go to have a vote, next time we have a hearing, let's try to get something passed, right? Maybe the, obviously there are important things in our country be it education, you know, welfare, um, you know, financial government that have nothing to do with sports that are more important. But when the Supreme Court takes a case for the first time in 40 years, it tells you that you need to prioritize this. And Aaron, I think maybe this will make sense kind of outside of the NIL context. There are sports states with sports betting laws and there are states without them. Sure. I think every state right now, because of the pandemic, um, I don't think I'm saying anything too crazy. They want to pass some form of sports betting legislation to basically infuse money into the economy. Sports betting is, is good for, for these economies. 
But the problem is in terms of priorities, the states can't really get their stuff together because there's other stuff that's more important than sports sure. betting. But if you ratchet sports betting to the top, the very tippy top of the priority list, all of a sudden you're going to see sports betting legalized across the country. That's what I think has kind of happened a little bit with, with today. If the Supreme Court sends a signal, I know we're dealing with a lot of things in our country, but, but college sports needs to be saved. And this is the, the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, sending a signal, hey, if this is priority 12 or 15, move it up to number one, move it up to number three. This should Great be call. way up there. If we think it's important, politicians everywhere should think it's important. So this is very informative. I know you got a bunch of interviews today, so I'll try to be quick here as we wrap up. Um, first one, you know, you, you talked about going down the road outside of name image likeness of one day. First, let me, let me backtrack. I saw a bunch of smart legal people like you say that this will lead to more lawsuits down the road. Why would that be? Or did I just read the wrong legal experts or go ahead? I mean, the, the problem is when there is chaos, there tends to be lawsuits and of course. there could be lawsuits. I mean, that's, that's, that's the fear here. And I'm not, you know, I'm one that roots for, uh, I, I'm not saying anything so controversial. Again, I'm rooting for the NCA to get put on blast to, to kind of figure it out. And the reason the NCA has had to plead to the Senate for some kind of relief in terms of a federal bill is because the NCA doesn't know what to do with themselves, right? Uh, at one point, we thought we were going to get N the NCA's version of name, image, and likeness. Um, and that was going to at least help, uh, we'll say, lessen the gap between the have and the have-nots. The 15 or so states with NIL rules, great. You know, those guys can, you know, their athletes can get paid for endorsements. But what about the 35 other states? What do they have? If the NCA had passed their version of name, image, and likeness, at least there would be something, right? A watered-down version of what these other states have, but something. So the news that we had earlier today, it's a, a busy, a busy uh, Monday morning, Aaron. Uh, the NCA basically said, hey... Uh, I don't think we're, we're prepared to come up with uh, NCA name, image, and likeness. We're going to leave it to the schools to figure it out. So why would there have been more lawsuits? Well, may, maybe it kind of goes hand in hand uh, with that Judge Kavanaugh's decision. He's basically saying that the NCA is not above the law. So if the NCA came up with their own version of name, image, and likeness, and they put restraints on these athletes, right? More restraints. They put a cap on your earnings, right? If, um, you know, someone like- Big time. A lot they, of calls coming in for you today, my man, but go ahead, keep going. That one's from the wife. So that one oh, is, okay. is, is, it's the important. most important it's, yet. The most important yet, but continue. We were on the record. So it's the most important of all phone calls. Um, okay, Judge, yeah, I'm not Judge Kavanaugh. You, we, we, but anyway, continue, continue, continue. <laughs> yeah, but the, the long and short is that um, Judge Kavanaugh basically said in this decision, you know, that the NCA is not above the law. So if the NCA does anything, they could be subject to a lawsuit in any of our 50 states. So uh, I, I think that's, that's pretty important. The NCA was going to clean up in theory, clean up those 35 states and lessen that gap between the have and the have nots. And now the NCA is saying, okay, just kidding. Uh, everyone fend for themselves. It's the wild, wild west. We can't do anything. Our hands are tied. So yeah, it's, it's uh, going to lend itself to a little bit more chaos. Um, and maybe, maybe the only other thing I should mention, the NCA might not be done, uh, not maybe be completely done. There is this uh, level as we approach July 1st, that date for uh, you know, name, image, and likeness to take effect. Uh, you know, in those six states, there is something afforded to the NCA called an injunction, and they could actually go out and sue the states that have passed name, image, and likeness to block those laws from going into effect and push them off indefinitely, maybe a month, two months, um, and maybe buy some time for the federal government to catch up. So those are the lawsuits that are potentially floating out there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what the NCA is going to do. I think anyone that, that told you that they know for sure what they're going to do is, is not telling you the truth. 
But I just want to put it out there. That injunction has been on the table for about six months. Mark Emmert did not say anything that inspired confidence in me uh, at his hearing that he wasn't going to do it. Um, but let's see, you know, there's some fireworks between uh, now and, and July 1st that uh, I know on the sports law side, we're looking forward to. Well, and th that was going to be my next question then. So back to name image likeness, we'll stick with name image likeness. Obviously, as you alluded to, I think you said 11 states have laws on the book that will allow that come July 1st. So from what you just told me, it sounds like the NCA isn't going to try to put restrictions on it. And they're going to say, hey, Alabama, you do whatever the heck you want. Texas. Is that my is that my understanding? Did I understand that correctly? I mean, there's one of two rabbit holes to go down. Right. You know, the. The state, certain states have been able to pass name image likeness because their politicians have, you know, got, got their shit together, Aaron. We're going to curse Of course, you. yeah. Not your Fox Sports show. Um, but, you know, it, it seems a little unfair, right, that politicians could have so much control over which schools are going to get which recruits. And I'm just, sure. you know, if I, if I had a son that was a five-star quarterback, and again, deciding between a, a name image likeness state and one that's not a state, probably go to the one that's a state. So this is essentially a way of saying, hey, if your politicians can't get their shit together, you as a school can pass your own version of name, image, and likeness, and we're not going to challenge it. That's what the NCA's their latest proposals on the table. Wow, moving okay. it to the schools. So that is huge. It's, it's big. I mean, it's it's on the table. The NCA is, is has their literally their back up against the wall of this July first date, and they're trying to just say, hey, you know, if this is if, if shit is going to hit the fan, we're going to allow you schools to try to get the, get everything together, but. It's 10 days. So we'll see how quickly these schools can can get their acts together as well. But, you know, the NCA is, uh, you know, they, there's literally a fire being lit under them and, and they're acting in ways that we haven't seen them act in decades. They're really kind of succumbing to public pressure. So really stupid question then. What 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 should the NCA in terms of name image likeness? I, I'm getting the sense that today's ruling is sort of related, but not really related. So. If the NCA had just come out a year ago and said, this will be our policy effective July 1, 2020, would that have solved anything? Would it have not? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because we I kind of keep going back. It's this decision today at the Supreme Court level doesn't have anything to do with name, image, and likeness, but it's the optics that are important. That's why I'm saying the NCA is caving to public pressure. Sure. So it, it's the perception that they're losing from all angles. So it, the decision comes at a time where the NCA is already up, up, up against, you know, a gun that they have to fucking, you know, I curse. Go ahead. This is, you said this it. is what you're doing over here. Um, no, it's all good. So here's, here's the thing. If they would have come to this agreement, uh, and NCA name image like this would have come out a year ago. I don't, does, does it change a little bit? Sure. Um, the real decision that, that kind of they, they missed the boat on was probably five or six years ago. Ed O'Bannon was this famous UCLA player that sued the NCA, sued EA Sports because they put his name, image, and likeness, fancy term, uh, into the this the college sports video game, uh, and you could play with a historical team, and it was Ed O'Bannon's UCLA team, uh, and he was left-handed, and it looked like Ed O'Bannon. You know, you and I have played, you know, EA Sports, you know, NCA football growing up. I know exactly what what he was talking about, and I always thought it was odd these players are in the game and they're not getting paid anything, right? Ed O'Bannon challenged it, and the NCA lost. And that game uh, was removed from the shelves because in order for it to have existed, athletes would have had to have been paid to have some type of video game. So the NCAA didn't know what to do. And they, they what they could have done, which would have been great, I'm sure we all would have loved, hey, for every nickel and dime that we sell for this video game, EA Sports takes a little bit, NCA takes a little bit, and a little bit goes to the athletes. But instead of doing that, they said, okay, we're canceling the video game. We can't, we can't pay athletes anything. So five years ago, if they would have said the opposite, right? 
let's take the game off the shelves, but we're going to figure out how to get athletes paid within the next 365 days. That would have sent a signal to athletes and people that are out here trying to protect athletes. Okay, the NCAA got their signal that they lost at a very high court, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The video game went away. It was a big signal. Something very seismic happened. Now it's time to figure it out. But here's the problem, Aaron. Five years went by and the NCAA did absolutely nothing. They did zero. Nothing changed. Um, maybe facilities improved, but at the NCAA level, you know, at the school level, maybe things changed. The NCAA level did not. So what happened in California at the end of 2019? They passed fair pay to play, which was this very, uh, we'll say, by, again, bipartisan issue. It passed, uh, you know, from the Republicans, Democrats. Uh, Governor, you know, Governor uh, Gavin Newsom went on LeBron's show and he signed this bill. Sure did, baby. It, you know, it, it set everything in motion. So why have all these states passing name, image, and likeness? Why is the Supreme Court taking this case? Why is the federal government about to pass name, image, and likeness? Because it's an issue that has united the country. And in a time where our country is being pulled apart from all different random issues, people want to see athletes get paid. So California set that in motion. So if you ask me if the NCAA would have done this three years ago, maybe it would have changed things. It would have preempted a lot of this. They could have got control over it. But now once state law is being passed, state law is going to pass the rules of a, of a private association. So yeah, the NCAA kind of... a uh, they missed the boat with this. So the train is kind of rolling. And uh, the second California passed that, that was a signal to state legislatures across the country. Hey, let's pass this thing. It might improve my percentage chance of getting reelected. Let's put this type of bill on the book. So yeah, the NCAA really missed the boat on this. And now really uh, their destiny is, is kind of out of their hands. Okay. Two last quick questions. We'll let you go. First one. Um, you mentioned the idea that down the road today, it doesn't change uh, today. Monday court ruling doesn't change much. What is so do you see a day in our future where your son is the five-star quarterback and he's actually, forget name, image, likeness, he's a paid employee on the books, and then does that open up a whole new can of worms where your son throws four interceptions and he gets fired by the school the next day? That, that, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that to me has always been a gray area of everybody wants all the benefits of employment and long-term health insurance and all that crap, but then they don't want the alternative of, the negative side that comes with an employee. So I don't know if that question even makes sense, but is there a day in our future where, uh, you know, the next Trevor Lawrence is an employee of Clemson uh, and, and kind of, uh, you know, under all the obligations of any employee at any company in the country? So this is why you're a pro, Aaron. You came back to this. I wanted to make sure I touched on this. So um, let, let's just put it into perspective, right? That case that I, I bring up, that Board of Regents case, which was a fun case where basically Oklahoma and Georgia threatened to secede from the NCAA. It's really yes. interesting case for our, for our sports law history fans. But um, I don't think anybody could have told you uh, in the 80s how big that decision would have been. But like 40 years have gone by, and I could tell you that that was probably the seismic shift in the landscape that, that allowed you know, all these different networks to be created. So I don't know today um, what the impact of this is going to be, but I can tell you that when you know, Justice Kavanaugh is saying t t you know, concepts like fair market value in the context of what athletes should get paid, um, and they're talking about employee rights, um, I don't know, you don't have to be a rocket science to tell you where the court wants the narrative in our, in our legislature, in our, you know, in our vernacular, in our sports talk shows to go. Should athletes be considered employees and what comes with that, right? So it's possible that this is the seismic shift that occurred 40 years ago with, with television networks exploding on the college sports landscape to make athletes uh, akin to employees. And that comes with you know, uh, insurance, right? And, and stuff like uh, employee, employee benefits and you know, uh, 401ks. I mean, who, who knows what can come of that? It's, an, it's a crazy conversation, but you know, maybe it's, maybe it's kind of apropos, right? 
40 years ago, I think people would be, it would be crazy that there would be such an appetite for college sports to have all these different networks sure. and 30 games time on simultaneously. And you and I like absolute degenerates watching the Hawaii football game at one in the morning, sure. but that world has been created. So let's see. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big signal for sports. Yes. I mean, I, I, nothing big has happened today. That's, that's my take on it, but it is sending a massive signal um, across the college sports landscape that the Supreme Court wants things to change. Well, and that was the final last question was 10 years from now, what do you envision college? Because because we're scheduling Bama versus uh, TCU in 2036. So Bama's planning on playing at, in 2036. How do you envision uh, what, what the actual product is by that point? And I'm not talking about, you know, watching the, the games on Amazon or anything like that. I mean, you know, in terms of the way we envision college sports today in 2021 versus 10, 15 years from now. So, okay. I think if anybody told you, uh, this is my, my fun line, right? If anybody told you they know, I, I, don't, I would not sure. believe what they're saying. So here's, if people want to kind of just kind of watch the, uh, the breadcrumbs, right? Uh, the NCAA is basically telling schools, hey, you guys come up with name, image, and likeness. We can't figure it out. You guys figure it out. We saw during the pandemic with college football being canceled and all the stuff, and you and I spoke about it at length, you know, that the conferences held the power. Right? The NCAA didn't control whether yes, they were going to cancel or not cancel. So what have we seen in the last 365 days? The NCAA handing power off to the conferences and now to the schools as of you know the past 48 hours and to the states. So you're seeing a splintering uh, and a really kind of divesting of NCAA power. So this juggernaut that's been the NCAA, that the NCAA has the law on their side, they might get an antitrust exemption. I think the NCAA, as we know it, you know, I don't think this is a nail in the coffin. I think, you know, the NCAA exists for a lot of reasons that, that um, you know, are beyond you and I. Um, but I, I think this is basically telling you that the framework of college sports that has existed for 100 years, that it's very much in jeopardy. If the conferences can figure this out, and I don't think there's necessarily a need for the quote unquote NCAA, right? If the conferences wanted to split off and form their own world and their own universe, I don't, I don't think it's unheard of for that to happen in the next 10 to 15 years with the NCAA basically saying, hey, we have no idea how to control name, image, and likeness. You guys figure it out. Um, you know, you, if you're a betting man, you're reading the trends, that's telling you that the NCAA doesn't have as much power as, as we thought it's had for the last decade. So uh, we'll see. I don't think there's any guarantee that the NCAA is around in 10 years. How about that for a prediction, Aaron? that's a great way to end it um uh, dan lust uh follow him on twitter by the way sports law lust holy crap i gotta listen to that re-listen to it to fully understand everything that you just told me but uh dude you got some other calls awesome sports law lust also conduct detrimental podcast uh you can listen to that for uh much smarter information so uh, Dan, dude, you're the man, man. I appreciate you. By the way, last time I talked to Dan, his bracket was falling apart because uh, Texas was losing to Abilene Christian. There will be no NCAA tournament by 2035. That was what I just got out of that conversation. But no, I'm just kidding. Dan, dude, thank you so much for the time, dude. I genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. Learned a lot. A uh, lot to peel back, I think. But thank you for the time. Thank you for all your sports picks. Hoodie AT, keep them coming. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.